Welcome to the Sherpa Path Podcast. I'm Lee Nadler, and I'll be your guide on this exploration. This podcast on my blog, thesherpapath.com, explore the unique spirit qualities and principles of the Sherpas in overcoming seemingly insurmountable obstacles to reach goals. Think about it for a second. Time and time again, this amazing group of people are reaching the summit of Mount Everest. Think about what we can learn from them in our everyday challenges. The Sherpa people are actually a clan who migrated from Tibet about 500 years ago. Many live in the Khumbu region of the Himalayas. And while they are known as climbers and guides, Sherpa actually isn't a vocation. It means people from the east. I've learned a lot about the Sherpa culture by visiting Nepal several times, trekking to Mount Everest, where I spent a month and interviewing about 50 Sherpas, climbers, and others. And a lot of these people are amazing in the way that they can overcome obstacles and the spirit in which they do it. They have the most amazing combination of both power and humility that I try and bring into my everyday life, whether I'm dealing with work issues or keeping perspective on the importance of family and having fun even when you're struggling. I recently sat down with my friend Karma Sherpa at his home in Boulder, Colorado. Our friendship goes back nearly two decades to 1998 when we first met trekking the Annapurna foothills in Nepal. Here's our story. I'm excited to see you again. I haven't seen you in over a year, so I'm happy to be here in Boulder, Colorado, and for us to be able to reunite once again after we first met about 18 years ago in Nepal, and I'm so glad our relationship is continuing. Thank you, Lee. Uh, thank you so much for uh, visiting me, and I'm very excited. And then our relations uh, mean a lot, and then I really appreciate that you uh, taking time to visit me and my family. We've talked so many times over the years and um, really have tried to understand uh, the spirit from the Sherpa people and from when you and I first met and then went back to Everest Base Camp together. And I guess for people, you know, here in the West, they don't even know sometimes what Sherpa means. So why don't we kind of start there? Like, what what is Sherpa? The Sherpa means uh, people from uh, East in our language. These people are originated from uh, Tibet a couple of centuries before, and then they live in the mountain foothill in the Himalaya. And then they, those people are native of the region and in the mountain. And then they are very capable doing a mountaineering work and then guide people to the, uh, the mountain top of the world. So they, they uh, do some serious job out there. And what I learned also is that, you know, Sherpa, as you're saying, are people from the East, but Sherpa does not equal a job. It doesn't mean that you're a guide in the mountains. It's a, a group of people. And as you said, many of the people are mountaineers, but many are not as well. Yes, um, there are many Sherpa who are not, uh, they just don't do the mountaineering job. They, they do many other uh, area, like uh, they can be doctor, they can be business person, or they can, you know, they have uh, many other 
different professionals just uh, rather than just uh, climbing mountains. So used to be just a mountaineering in a, in a long, many years before. But now Sherpa are expanding their, uh, their uh, skill and knowledge and then they, they're trying to cover the uh, other different area. So, yeah. So we're going to cover a couple topics here, one of which is some of the things that I've learned from the Sherpa people. But maybe you can just help set the scene and you know you've been living here in boulder now for over 15 years but can you talk about what it was like growing up in the village that you grew up in well compared to my uh, current living situation it was very different i grew up in a small village uh, there are only uh, like 15 20 houses with very limited material resources uh, and then very uh, limited opportunity. And then uh, when I talk about myself, you know, I uh, I came from very different background. My parents had uh, nine children. I lost my dad when I was uh, three under three years. And then my mom didn't have any paying job. And then my mom uh, herself raised all these nine children. And then, then we had to grow through, uh, go through some serious challenges, uh, but uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, we managed to to overcome the challenges, those challenges, and then I was able to come to to all the way to America, and then I came uh, with the sudden vision to change myself and then change the other people's life. So. I'm very happy that I'm here in Boulder, Colorado, and I got to meet many wonderful people on my journey, and which is which is uh, very valuable for my life. So, Karma, let's talk about how we first met. Um, I went to, from my perspective, a trip to Nepal. Uh, this was in 1998 with a group uh, put together by the nonprofit Outward Bound, and I didn't know what Sherpa meant. I'd never been to Nepal, and I was immediately taken with the way that you and the other Sherpas who I met, your brother Pura and others, basically had like a combination of strength and humility, and you had such a wonderful spirit about you that I was immediately drawn to the trying to understand what it was that made me feel so alive and connected and open to new adventures that I wanted to learn more. And by the end of the trip, you and I had, you know, connected and I think we hoped we would stay in touch. So it was about 10 years later that we reconnected. From my perspective, it was an amazing coincidence because I started writing the blog, The Sherpa Path, 10 years after the trip. And on the day that I started writing The Sherpa Path, you called. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, from my perspective, I grew up in a small village. And then since my I lost my father, I didn't have any opportunity to to help my family and then over my uh, overcome our challenge and i 
I at age uh, 17, I just had to walk away from my my mother home, and then I told my mom mother that I need to change my uh, family uh, situation and myself and then the the community who are going through such a challenge. And then I decided to go to city to find a job to make money and then uh, support the family and then support the community that are going through this uh, difficult life. And then my mother uh, just gave me like a $5.00. With that money, I walked three days, three days all day long hiking. After that, 12 hours uh, bus ride, which brought me to the city. Then I started for uh, looking for a job based on my capacity. Finally, I found a job as a porter to, to go over the mountain. It was like a one-month one trip, and then I had to carry a lot of weight on my back and then went over 19,000 mountain. It was, uh, it was a challenging job, but, you know, uh, so I, I didn't have other choice and then I did it. Uh, and then, then after that, I continued challenge with that job. And then and later, I become a, a guide so, for the Westerner. So then after uh, doing for this uh, uh, for uh, several years, so I gained much more experience and then much more, you know, skill, and then I chose to make that is my professional. So that's how I, when I was guiding through the mountain in Himalaya in 1998, I met uh, the group of uh, 25 Western people. And then you know, when I was, uh, when we were walking through the mountain, all of a sudden I got to talk with you and then I was young and you were young and then we had a common goal and wanted to change and then make it better. So that's how, you know, I was very inspired by your knowledge and Western uh, world experience, such a thing. And I wanted to, to learn more and then I you know kept that in my spirit and then I hope for it and then and then after you left I keep continuing you know dream for it and then uh, back in 1999 I was able to come to West and then you know so then uh, I somehow I lost your contact and then I kept looking for you uh, on the internet and then you know, then after many years, uh, uh, disconnected, and then finally I was able to find you after uh, eight, ten years. So I keep tried. I never gave it up, and then and that's how you know. That's how I, I think our uh, connection have positive uh, power, and then I really appreciate for this. So it's amazing how we're continuing our relationship. I think. You know, in addition to us reuniting, it's it's been powerful for us to be able to help each other, um, both in interesting um, ways these days with the business that you're starting and the ways that I'm continuing to gain perspective and try to understand things. Um, but I think it's also interesting that we connected, you know, on a deeper level both from 
uh, having a tragic, you know, loss of a parent at an early age, as well as both trying to strive for something more. And I think you touched on it a couple of times, but, you know, trying to move through challenges and overcome challenges and, you know, try to strengthen yourself to reach another level, um, whether it's another level in your career or where you move to, or just, you know, a deeper level of kind of mindfulness. I found like the Sherpa spirit, if you will, and kind of that process of overcoming challenges just so meaningful. And so maybe you can talk about a couple of the things that the Sherpa people and you in particular do to try to overcome challenges and reach another level. You know, uh, having uh, going through uh, such a tragedy in in the life is is not easy. You know, it's difficult. If we already have the problem or tragedy, I think we have to look through different view and different perspective view. So for my case, it was hard, challenging life. But you know, just you feel like uh, sad, or if or uh, if you think that's a, like uh, challenging or something like that, you really don't um, move forward. You just stuck with the problem you have. As I said, it's unfortunate to have such a tragedy, but you have to overcome uh, uh, anyway. From my uh, uh, view, if some someone have that kind of problem or tragedy, you just uh, take the challenge and you have to go to the next level. So, yeah, even though it is challenge, the, sometimes the challenge itself is an opportunity to lead you to the next level. So, uh, you cannot uh, look as a negative way, but if you uh, take a, as a positive way, the challenge and then obstacle or difficult itself gives you the, another path to go to next level. That's that's what I really believe in. But again, uh, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of uh, you know, uh, it takes uh, uh, energy plus then also the wisdom. The, the wisdom is is really if you use your wisdom it it, it gives you the uh, gives you much more uh, broad uh, skill and then knowledge to to go through these challenges and then it brings you to the next level so uh, yeah whether you are climbing a mountain or whether you do uh, business or whether uh, you know, in personal life, there's always challenge, but the challenge can be overcome by the right wisdom. It's amazing to try and like look at, you know, these challenges as an opportunity as well. Sometimes that's easier said than done uh, when you're in the, the difficult situation. Talk to me about kind of when you're going through the mountains and I had the opportunity to go back with you to Mount Everest base camp. And um, for me, that was quite a physical and mental challenge. But in looking at the experience of kind of taking that next step forward and pushing through challenges, it, it really is a, sometimes a struggle. And what I found from, again, being with you and the Sherpa people that I've gotten to know that 
somehow you can find joy in the struggle and that you can maybe try to train your mind to, you know, if nothing else, be present and to try to understand that things change and you can keep pushing forward. But so can you talk about the prayer uh, that you do before going up to Everest? I think you pronounce it Sinlap. Sinlap, yeah. And what was amazing to me is that maybe here in the West, we would pray for success to reach the summit and, of course, uh, safety to get back down. But as I understand it, the Sherpa people are, are praying for complete uh, awareness and being present and being positive. Yeah, uh, as a Sherpa, growing in a Sherpa family, yeah, we, we believe in our tradition and we believe in this, uh, yeah, certain belief. So we have certain beliefs. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, so like uh, uh, before we go to the mountain, we do pray. We do we use chilap. The chilap is a blessing from uh, the people who have a higher uh, higher wisdom. And then you know those are the things are that used as uh, the resource, uh, building a internal. Uh, confidence. So anything you do in in a real life, the confidence is uh, is one of the most uh, a key factor. So once you are uh, when there's uh, some other factor, other elements uh, uh, give some sort of uh, belief. So now you you know it mentally so i did this i use this now i'm gonna be fine that's a that's a uh, internal confidence and an internal positive energy so that that gives uh, more confident people even going to the mountain or going to whatever they do in their life that that gives another another support from your back. So that's why, you know, we, we pray, you know, we pray when we pray for good things. So we uh, mentally, we, uh, we press it like, you know, everything going to be, be fine. Everything should be go smooth. So that's, that's why, you know, it gives a, a, a higher confidence level. And then, and that's why we use chill up and then also the prayer flag. The prayer flag is uh, in in Tibetan language, in Sherpa language, we call lungta. It's a wind horse, and the prayer flag says, "All sentient being may free from suffering." So when we recite that mantra, and then uh, on the prayer flag is written all over the prayer flag, when the wind flag, uh, flips their prayer flag uh, over the mountain. That wind, the wind horse, transform the bad energy into good energy. That's what we believe it. So that's why it's it's very uh, very important to have a positive attitude and a positive uh, uh, mind uh, to success anything you do in life. Those are two great examples. Talk a little bit about you know, especially for Westerners trying to go to the summit of Everest or for people trying to launch a business and they become a CEO of a company or something of, you know, it's good to have confidence as you were just talking about and to be positive, but 
There's also uh, a term we use here, which is ego. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe people let ego drive a situation that maybe is unsafe or maybe isn't the right thing to push for at the moment. But, you know, talk about kind of the, the way of looking at ego versus reality. The ego, ego is a, is a, a negative force uh, that exists in, in the human, human nature. But we can, we can reduce the ego by understanding the right understanding. Uh, when I say right understanding means if someone says something, it, uh, you know, it, you really have to understand what the message or what, what the subject is, it is. So normally the ego, ego does, doesn't solve the problem. It builds a negative force. And then in the long run, any decision made by ego with the ego or anything you do with the ego, it builds more negative uh, and then it builds a more challenging. Is that uh, because maybe you're being motivated by something that isn't reality-based? or Because ego in some ways can also motivate you to do more and want more, but maybe talk more about what's negative because you've also talked a lot about service and the Sherpas certainly believe in helping others. So are you looking at ego in a way where it's the person reflecting on themselves instead of helping others? Well, here's a, here's the different thing is, you know, so ego really involves, ego involves when, whenever you do something is when you say just for me and myself, the ego doesn't want to include other people to benefit. You know, when I say this is my, this is uh, this is has to be for me or whatever, the ego always involved in in that case. But in the bigger picture, if you think whatever you do, whether you business do business or whether you do mountain or whatever, climbing mountain or whatever, if you're trying to help other people, that's less ego involves automatically. When you say, I'm trying to help two people, and then there's already there's a positive, uh, positive motivation will come. But then when I say, oh, I need to make this much money, I need to do this, this there's already ego is standing <laughs> on the side. So that's why if we want to uh, do better, if we want uh, to help people or... I always like to use the term uh, for more for others than myself. You know, I, you know, I do a lot of business. I do a lot of uh, social work. But the, my goal is always go to the the third party to to make it better than than myself. So that which also reduces a lot of ego and then you know gives a lot of happiness when you. Uh, you see that other people do well. It's ultimately other people' happiness is reflects on you. So it sometimes it takes time and then takes a lot of patience. It's not easy, but then if you do it, it it, it in long run, it it lasts for a long time. And so that's why I mean, when I talk like an ego, ego sometimes uh, that kind of ego. So if you are doing a uh, like a. Um, 
like a big uh, project or big business or whatever. Sometimes we, as a human, we don't necessarily make a right decision all the time. So, you know, if you use a less ego, you know, you just look back yourself and then you can make things better, the, the things that you didn't make uh, good decisions in the past. Or even, we always, uh, we always uh, make things better. Uh, and then that's why uh, in order to make, uh, make ourselves better, we just have to look it back at us and then uh, try to find uh, ourselves, uh, you know, uh, the mistake we make and then the problem we have. So we were just talking about ego and reality, and I think this leads into a way of looking at leadership. And, you know, what I found in my own leadership opportunities, as well as being at Everest on the expedition, is that the Sherpas had a way of, you know, being a service-based leader. Yes. I mean, when we take people uh, to the mountain, our uh, complete goal is to to bring that people to the mountain, uh, rather than just uh, just our own own desire or own our you know selfish or whatever. The goal is how I can how I can help these people to bring to the mountain, to the summit, so make that person happy. So then. Uh, when you have that uh, killer vision, it helps better. So if I say, "Well, I I want to I want to go to the mountain without this person," you know, probably there's not much so positive energy. So because when we do for other people, we reach at the summit at the same time. Yeah, but I also found that it was you know, so the service component for me was a spirit that I felt that um, the Sherpas were helping and um, really making sure that we were safe and comfortable. But the leadership part of it was equally important because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to set up camp, you know, and I was relying on the leadership ability. But it's very rare that I've found this in other experiences where there could be a leader who you knew had your back and also I could kind of push myself and knew that I had to take every one of those steps. So the reality was I was in control. I had to push myself. But to have a Sherpa as a guide and also as a part of the team equal to us, it was motivating and comforting and in some ways, I think we can learn a lot from that here in the West as we build teams and try and lead people to overcome obstacles that maybe seem like there's no way we're going to be able to do that. Yet, through the teamwork, through the guidance, through the service, we can. Yes, of course. Yeah, uh, to make one uh, one journey success, uh, we have to understand that. Uh, there's many people uh, uh, role. There's uh, not one single person can uh, do everything. Uh, we all have a limited uh, limited um, capacity and limited resources. So when we 
merge our um, idea and knowledge and then scale everything and then build one team and then one vision. It really, really uh, makes a big difference. Uh, and then that's why I think the leadership and teamwork is very, very important for anything you do. So, Karma, we're talking about leadership and teamwork and accomplishing goals. And, you know, what do you think it is about the teams and, and how you approach accomplishing a goal, like getting up to Everest in the Himalayas versus maybe some of the things that you've seen here in the West of how we approach things? Our leadership is uh, based on uh, mutual respect, uh, respecting all the team that involved uh, with that uh, group. So understanding other people's feeling and then understanding what's uh, what uh, what are the uh, you know the uh, the, the environment uh, the motivation yeah. and then what other people uh, you know wanting wanting to do it you know that, that that's a lot of a uh, lot of a uh, factor so in order to make a good team so the leader has to understand, right? Understand, have to have a right understanding what uh, what the situation going there, what the people, other people are doing. You know, from you know, from going in the mountains. So we have a you know porter, we have an existing guide, we have a uh, we have a clients who who come with us. So we have to go over all the situation and then. Uh, also, it involves a lot of respecting each other, understanding their value, their uh, 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 value, and then respecting them and then make them feel good is very important. So you cannot uh, be good leader if you just force people to do things yeah. that needs to be done. So. And to the other side, what what can we learn from the Sherpa people of maybe? Sometimes when you're doing the best you can and someone from the expedition doesn't show you respect or doesn't appreciate you in the... Well, well, that case, you know, um, there's a... Depends on the, the person and then uh, depends on that person's wisdom level. So every people have a different way uh, to look at things. The same, same, uh, same thing, same object, and then same uh, subject. Uh, people can be uh, different. People view a different way. That's why, if you think that you're doing things right and then good, maybe that uh, the other person who's looking at that work might have a poor, poor uh, lens or uh, not clear lens to to make a, I mean, to value your work. So that's not your problem. That's, that's the person who look, needs to think about it. Uh, your value is there, but what I mean is every people have a different way to uh, look things and then understand. That's why right, right understanding is important in that case. Right, and if you're doing your best, yeah, you're doing your best, but then the other uh, the other party says, "Well, you're not doing right thing," and then 
he's not taking your value. The value you the food there is is exists there. So uh, the only thing is you have to understand, right? Understand uh, must involve in that case. Maybe I did the best I can, but he didn't see the way <laughs> he should see it, right? And so I think a lot of people in you know business today and management and uh, working with others deal with this a lot, where they don't maybe get the admiration or respect or appreciation that they think they deserve for the effort. So are you saying don't let that get you down because that other person couldn't see it? Yeah, sometimes you know, they they have a they might have a poor vision. We all have a different way to look at the th- things and objects. So, I mean, you're you know you did everything you could from your heart, but then the other person doesn't value that work your work. I mean, that's not your problem. So if you say, "Well, I need to deserve my my value," but then it really doesn't fighting with that doesn't really gives, uh, I mean, that, you know. Uh, yeah, I learned from uh, someone else who I've interviewed, Happy, Happy Bala is his name, mm-hmm. and he told me, and he's a tennis coach, mm-hmm. so again, you can apply this to many different areas, but he said all you can control is your effort and your attitude. Yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that's totally right. So you can, you can change yourself, but then you cannot control other people. Or even uh, the outcome. You can't outcome. control if so, the wind happens yeah, or yeah. situations. Yeah, I mean, situation, you know, change. So that's why keeping positive, our positive part is very important rather than going after that person and you know, fighting for the value. It really doesn't doesn't move things forward. So, yeah, that's, that's what I believe. Yeah. You know? So let, let's talk about when situations occur. Uh, let's stick to kind of an expedition on Everest. So a situation occurs, you've prepared. So maybe talk about how you prepare for situations, but how do you train your mind and the team to kind of be together to make a decision, whether you push forward through an obstacle or choose another path and try and handle a situation when you're in the middle of a, harsh condition or a situation that needs a quick decision? Yeah, I mean, when we go to the big uh, expedition or big mountain, uh, the very first step is we have to remember. We have to know that mountain nature is tough environment. It's gonna, it can happen anytime, anywhere. So mentally you're aware so when you are mentally aware, you make a better preparation. You mentally, you're ready to challenge if such a things happens along the way or any time. So really, you have to prepare mentally. So understanding and expecting those difficulty and challenging situations might come. That gives you a little bit map within your mind. So which really helps to prepare better, and then also if in case happens, and then we deal with the situation. We don't want to blame with, uh, when things happen, we don't want to blame blame with anybody. We just go 
as a team, we deal with the situation, try to make it better as much as possible. But the things that happen already, even we blame other people, or we can, of course, learn you know, better for the future. But then using, uh, wasting energy for things already happen, and then blaming each other doesn't doesn't move anywhere. So that's why we really, you know, uh, we are mentally prepared. And then even though those causality happens in the mountain, we'd, we know it's going to happen, and then we're, we're going there to challenge with that those kind of things. So we we not uh, fear with those kind of thing. And so maybe when something does go wrong and say the team didn't make the summit or some other things happen, maybe here in the West, we would consider things a failure. How do the Sherpa people look at success versus what we might call failure? Well, I mean, in our perspective way, yes, there's a failure and success. But then, I mean, if you, the failure is really if you give it up, that is the failure. Sometimes the things might not uh, go the way you want it or is supposed to be it. That is, we don't count as a failure. It's, it's a process. It's, a, it's, a, it's a another opportunity to make it better. Uh, we don't really think, you know, not getting to the mountain one time is is a, a completely failure. Is 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 another uh, option or another secondary or you know there's uh, the chance to 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 get there again. So you know if there's a failure, I mean I we cannot fire the people who work with us for the whole time. You know we cannot blame them. As a team, we can we can find a solution through wisdom. We can we can train them, we can give them more skill, or we can find the nature of the the problem. Just breaking our own team, and then starting up, is is doesn't solve the problem immediately. So we just learn a better and then better approach, and then we we can do that. But you know, yes, uh, a different culture and different society and. And have a different way to do things get done, but uh, the Sherpas, you know, we uh, we love uh, uh, solely, you know, anything we do, we uh, run based on love. So we don't want to uh, really blame people and then make bigger problem when you don't accomplish things as you wanted to do it. So when you don't accomplish something, it's not necessarily a failure because it could be part of the process. Yeah, it could be the process, and then also the also one time, one time not getting done doesn't mean there's you know doesn't mean there's no other option or choice. Yeah, you can always get around with that and then make it better. And then, could you just talk a little bit about you know the situation in Nepal with Sherpas now and climbing Everest and. Things have changed so dramatically in the last even five years since um, you and I went there in 2012. But, you know, the year after being the avalanche and, you know, several things have happened since then. But, you know, what what in your view is kind of the way forward for climbing Everest and Sherpa community? 
Well, I mean, the climbing Everest is uh, dramatically changed. Uh, the whole culture is a little bit changed, uh, which is uh, which is fine. But uh, you know, is a uh, we had a earthquake and we had avalanches in 2014 and 15. Those years been very disaster and very hopeless for many climbers. But, you know, as I said earlier, the situation changed. You just have to have a passion to wait for a better time. So that time changed. And then last year, uh, almost uh, 300 people submitted again after all this uh, um, year devastating, you know, natural disaster or such a thing. You know, you know, situation changed. Situation doesn't remain the same as it is. So... You just have to find the right time to do things. You know, that's why, you know, Everest, yeah, last two years, three years, it's been uh, very dangerous. And then uh, many climbers could not make it. Uh, some some of my friends, they went back to two times, three times. You know, you just keep doing it. And then they got to the top. One time doesn't <laughs> stop you from doing forever. You know, you've, you've taught me so much about, you know, even in the in the struggle trying to enjoy yourself? Whatever you do, the things you do in your life, you choose it. You, do, you have to be happy with that. Uh, no one forces you to do the things you do in your life. That's why I, ha- I always tell myself, I'm responsible. I chose to do my things, and I have to be happy. So when you're really happy, whatever you do, do in your life, it becomes experience, it becomes a journey, it's, it's a wonderful thing, you know, you just have to love it, you know, not only then that you're happy, but you can change other people and then the whole surrounding environment, so you cannot have too much uh, negative stress and then do things that you need to do, so... That's why I I tell people, you know, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity in this world, so you just choose and pick the things you love it, and then you just just live with that, and then uh, it's like uh, going to the mountain. You just every every step you walk is matter, not only the big step getting to the top, from starting, the how you walk. Every step counts till you get to the top. So that's why every do everything we do in our life is what you do today is matter to the future. So sometimes people don't do things uh, uh, in the moment good, and then they just think about the future. It's it's not gonna help. Yeah, that's why everything uh, what you do today is is matter to the future. So step by step, step by step, and then, and then you get there. In the yeah. Step. yeah, yeah. So that, that's that's what I I think. That's my from my perspective. Yeah, and I do think there's a a spirit again that you bring to the struggle, which you know, it's almost kind of you know the the Sherpas were like whistling while they were walking, and I was panting, <laughs> but you know, there's something about trying to just. Be positive and enjoy the moment. Yeah, you have to have uh, some sort of uh, alternative sources to to make you happy. You know, whether you pray, whether you sing, what what you love. You know, you just do it, and then you know, uh, get done things you do. Whether you, you know, every every everything. You know, how you think, how you live is the matter to the world. You know, 
So that that's that leads you your successful life. Not necessarily making too much money doesn't make your life successful. You know, it's uh, you know, so living uh, living every moment and then understanding and then. Those are the the key factors that uh, makes your uh, life happy and uh, much more meaningful and uh, much more uh, mean to other people. Well, I'm so glad we've had this moment. You've made my life more meaningful through our friendship, and um, I'm just so glad we get an opportunity to keep learning from each other and like keep taking this journey together on the Sherpa path. Yeah, thank you so much, and then uh, I wish that I can benefit uh, many other people through my my wisdom lens. So personally, I love to uh, see uh, many people happy and many more family happy together, happy life, and then successful life, not successful business, just a successful life. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Karma. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining me on the Sherpa Path. I'm Lee Nadler. I'm your guide. And I'm finding ways for us to learn from the Sherpas and people who have a Sherpa-like characteristic to overcome obstacles and reach our goals. I hope you'll join me for future episodes and on the Sherpapath.com.